welcome to the first episode of You're a Louse, Roger Smith, a Big O Rewatch podcast. I am here with a number of my friends. My name is Moxie, and we're just going to go around the table and introduce everybody. Hello, I'm Evie Sinclair, at Evie Sinclair on Tumblr. Wow, that's not even my URL, actually. It's I'm extraordinary on Tumblr. It'll be in the Hi. show notes. <laughs> Hey, I'm JJ. I think I have a Twitter handle, but I can't remember it right now because, frankly, I'm drunk. <laughs> uh, we'll just put that in post, I guess. We have two more members of the podcast. Uh, hi, I'm Vari, and uh, I know a lot of references to obscure things for no particular reason. That's what uh, we need. I have a Twitter, and it's at Valen. And I am Wheeler of Wheeler the Podcast fame. Uh, you can find me at not over 9,000 on Twitter and other places, probably. Officially, this podcast's favorite podcast. <laughs> Officially. I'm, I'm Logan. I'm, I'm Moxie's wife. And you can find me on MothWizard at Tumblr or SketchWizard at Tumblr. Or if you really like Twitter, I'm Deoxy's official. Follow that art blog. Give her all that clout. Pay me three bucks to draw Pikachu smoking weed. So here's, <laughs> I'll do it. She will do it. Three bucks, salt takes, one coffee. So we're all here, all six of us, because we watched two episodes of an anime and we're going to watch more. Uh, I just want to start with impressions and I'm not going to go first on this. I just want uh, someone to sort of take the reins and tell me what you think of all Roger Smith in these first two episodes. Oh, God. Roger Smith was... he he. Um, he really gives off that really smooth aura. He's like a real smooth man from everything he does, from like even the way that his car is animated, you can just tell that this man listens to so much jazz. I I I feel the need to address the elephant in the room just because uh it feels it very important. Um I don't know the background of this this universe. I've never watched the show before. I'm I am a new watcher to this this property. But this man is just destroying the infrastructure of the city, and we need to stop him. Roger Smith said, he really just keeps breaking stuff, and it's it's. I understand the destructive factor is a big wow thing in the anime, but personally, I'm watching the sidewalks, and I'm like, people gotta walk there. You get it. That's the thing. You get yeah. it. We, the taxpayers, are paying for this. Yeah. Hey, like, is it worth it? Listen, they get to see a big robot fight show. I think it's worth yeah, it. To be I, with I would lose my house over a big robot show. I mean, it's probably a big robot nightmare for them, but still. It's just, it's so, it's so much danger. It puts so many people in danger, and he seems, he seems very ready to summon the robot uh, at, at, any, at any potential danger. Like, this big robot was just trying to steal money from the bank. And frankly, I get it. Yeah, who hasn't done that? You gotta send a robot to catch a robot. Fight fire with fire. Yeah, to oh, be fair, he did break out the big robot when there was another big robot. Far now, we thoughts? It's, it's just, you know what they say, when you gotta fight big robots for big robots. <laughs> and and here's the thing, I get it, because when, you know, all of this seems so, so far-fetched, but when you are dealing with this robot woman named Dorothy, I think, Again, I'm drunk, and I don't remember this super well, but when you were trying to help out this woman named Dorothy, who is also a robot, what wouldn't you do? What wouldn't you do? 
I mean, I'm a woman and also a robot, and I'd do anything for me. To be fair, you are killing her sister. That is true. <laughs> I can't make an omelet without, you know. You know, I had trouble determining what her reaction was to that in the anime. She looked upset, but... Are we talking about when she put her hands up? Yeah. I... Mm. Is that spoilers? No, it's confusing. She was doing that for Goku. <laughs> <laughs> That's happening off screen. It's happening somewhere else. <laughs> He's in another dome. Yeah, he was dealing with something else. She got a text from Goku. He's like, you up? And she just puts her arms up. You up? <laughs> I'm trying to do a spirit bomb. <clears throat> uh, so I guess we should break down the episode and we get the opening scene. And it's not about Roger. It's about Roger's big dick Cadillac that he drives everywhere. Batmobile. How do we... Boy, <laughs> is that dick big. The the robot mobile. I think it would be cool if it belonged to. It's Dorothy's now. Yeah, that's true. Like Why does there is an accessory now? <laughs> if the opening opening thing was her driving the car, I'd be into it. But it's it's just another one of those Batman esque sort of car fantasies, and I'm like, you know what it reminds me of? Y'all see Batman Forever, the nipple one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes. In theaters. Unfortunately. That's not a parody Batman, isn't it? I'm uh, not familiar. You're not missing out. Just Google nipple Batman. You'll see what I mean. Moxie, I really appreciate you, but I really won't do that. It's the best, it's the best live action rendition of Batman that exists. You're not kidding. It's so good. And also, Mr. Freeze, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Did you know, and this is completely off topic for the podcast, but I'm putting it in anyway, all the props in Arnold Schwarzenegger's mouth were like sparking aluminum foil, so he got like tooth injuries just from being <laughs> like Iceman? Or, sorry. Whoa. Yeah. What a nightmare. What a man will do for his art. Be fair, Arnold Schwarzenegger is the best part of that. Arnold Schwarzenegger's in this anime. He's that big blonde guy at the club that looks like Bruce Tim drew him. <laughs> The big O man seems very suave. We've already can listen. There, there's an amount of this that we covered uh, while we were live watching this, but uh, it's it's apparent that he sleeps on a giant pile of money, and that he is a very <laughs> yeah. suave man with weird eyebrows, and those eyebrows have to be upkept, and that's where all the money goes. That's my Does theory. Does he have four eyebrows? He has He's got the Batman eyebrows. logo as his eyebrows. That's what really kills me. <laughs> he does. It's you can't make it more blatant than that. <laughs> well, his, I mean, it his is eyebrows are so Dwayne Wright. Yeah. So I, I'd like to bring something up. Uh, can we talk about how beautiful Big O is? Like, the oh design? my god! Like, yes, please. No joke. One of my favorite things. Like, we're talking about style in this anime. By far and away, the mech designs always steal the show, regardless. And it's just, I love looking at Big O. I love the giant piston arms and the dynamic shots of him reeling back for that big, powerful punch. And that payoff is just so gratifying. It's really good. I have a story for this, and it's weird. Are you ready? Yes. Yes. Uh, so in high school, I borrowed a Big O DVD and took it to my dad's house because he didn't have the internet. And I'm like, this robot looks like my dad's car from the 50s. <laughs> Can I get my dad into anime with this? The answer is no, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, maybe, maybe you can get him into anime through initial D. If he's Not into anymore, he's dead. Oh, well, <laughs> okay. well, you, we can try. 
Let's get a Ouija board. <laughs> As a general rule, it is impossible to get your father into anime. That's just the truth of the world. But this anime is about fathers, as we found out. <gasps> two um, fathers. The art of two the dads. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, Dorothy who has two daddy? dads. Hey, who was the daddy? Dorothy has two gay dads. Yeah? yeah. Was that was that supposed to be the takeaway? Because I couldn't tell. It looked like one was dad and one was grandpa. Well, but... one's, one's Dr. Light and one's Dr. Wiley. <laughs> Man. Oh no. Which is opening a new conversation that we're gonna have to have later about your opinion on Mega Man. Which is which? That's a question. Uh, so That's the a great head, question. The conehead who built her is Dr. Light. Uh and he his dialogue is confusing to me because at first he's like, That's not my daughter, and then he's like, That's my daughter that I built. Now I shall die. Uh I suppose that's supposed to allude to like the weirdness that is Paradigm City with all the weird messed up memories, because apparently there's a whole bunch of weird amnesia going on. Yeah, everyone lost their memory forty second, uh, forty minutes ago, except for him. It was forty seconds. I mean, I, I was just figuring <laughs> since he's so old and on the verge of death, that he had like Alzheimer's. And everyone, I mean, I, and like to be fair, he only recognizes his daughter when he sees Dorothy one, and then he sees Dorothy two, and he's like, he makes the connection. So how about Dorothy One coming back for her breakout role in She-Ra? <laughs> I do want to say, it doesn't... Listen, I'm not here to judge. There's a lot of things that could be happening in this world. Again, everybody has amnesia. It's really unsure what's happening. Dorothy One and Dorothy Two do not look related. <laughs> uh, I don't yeah, know what's like, happening there. They both have red hair. They're, both, they're both robots with tits. That's, that's like related enough. But one's a crane. Well, what one's like part lobster? Those claws. We don't know that Dorothy's not part lobster. That's true. That's true. That's fair. <laughs> Although my my again, aunt... I, I haven't seen this before, so I really just don't know. There could be a reveal halfway down the line that she is actually lobster. That's beach valid. Episode. I can't imagine <laughs> a beach episode of this. That would just be Blue Submarine Number Six, right? Oh God, it would. <laughs> You're a beach rat, Roger Smith. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see him go and, like, just put tons of sunscreen on, black umbrella, black surf. That that was the last line of the second episode we watched about if you live in Roger Smith's house, you have to wear black. And I'm thinking, like, is this guy, like, an Adams? Like, is he their cousin? Like, I I love the goth representation. with the eyebrows and everything he just thinks he's batman (laughs) see that's the problem is i think he thinks he's batman i think he thinks he's an edgelord i don't believe he is he hasn't convinced me yet he's too dumb to be an edgelord he doesn't say anything incisive or mean he's just like i don't care he's just he's a weird like combination mashup of this batman figure and a superman figure where He's too chipper to be Batman, but he's too dark to be Superman. It feels like if Spike from Cowboy Bebop wanted to be goth and have a giant robot. I mean, I, that... mean, I, I know it is the same voice actor, but like his mannerisms of being smooth and quippy and all that, and the inner monologues, podcast. <laughs> feels, feels very related. And maybe he's Spike's <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Oh, yeah, that's, that's true. Being bad with women is... Like top tier Spike Spiegel and Rogers. Oh, uh, you know, 
I feel bad. I, I, should, I should probably say this for the listeners' benefit. We have a silent party. Uh, our secret seventh member, that's Jen, our friend, uh, contributing in the chat to keep us rolling here. Thank you, Jen. We can find you. Jen is keeping our Twitch chat with like six million viewers in check. And that's absolutely true. I can't believe you've revealed our secret member. <laughs> been hiding in the shadows for a reason. You just bla- you put just put him on blast of the first episode. My God, listen, Jenison is a super shadow member. Um, they can go back into the shadows. Uh, they're good at that. It's valid. Anywho, do you, hey y'all? Do you remember when he punched that other robot real good? Oh God, yeah, that was oh, so. Oh, and cool. then and then the explosion, yeah. Poetic cinema. Uh, I I know I pointed it out when we were watching, but like the animation on the chains retracting and the fact that he has to ground himself with chains because the punch is so powerful is just a very cool detail. This show yeah, that's a level of detail that you've never that I've never ever seen in any other robot anime, including Transformers. Um, and I always thought that was a very fun way to write robots. Yeah, I, I adore how horny this show is for how heavy the robots are. <laughs> well, it, it's definitely taking from like all the old like, kaiju films and whatnot. Like that's definitely where the action is in the show. Is the big slow, you know, stumbling <laughs> robots and monsters. Robots, we... but if they were all Godzilla. Should we well, talk I mean... about Big O's race car bed? <laughs> oh god what pardon what do you mean when 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 he's done with the action and it's time to go betty by he just stops and falls through the ground he goes to bed his bed that is multi-track drifting they don't animate him going into the ground he just like shakes and sinks and it looks like someone did it in like ms paint it's the best i do really appreciate that the show is willing to recognize that yes there is a giant track that exists underground we don't know why it exists but i've used it for my giant robot i really appreciate that they recognize one this has happened two i'm abusing it (laughs) so like so here's the thing did was it pre-existing, or did he convert subways into it? I always assume it They have a line about this in the episode, actually. Uh, yeah. Any of y'all pick up on that, or should I just go, go, yeah, go? Yeah, that's, that's what I was yeah. talking about, but go ahead. Uh, Dotson, the guy whose forehead is like a big bicep always flexing, um, <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he freaks out about like the tunnels under the city, and... I forget the exact commentary, but Roger's kind of like, well, nobody else is using them. Everyone's scared of what's really down there. And it's like, I guess that's the mystery we chase for this season, because I don't know what's down there at all. Oh, yeah, I remember he had that one line where he goes like, I'll find a guy that remembers what's down there, and then I'll find you. Uh, You think the cops would just, you know, quarantine the hole off and investigate, but... Well, we saw that the cops have tanks, and they're about the size of, like, a small dog compared to Roger's, like, giant robot car. Yeah, it's hard to quarantine a hole also when you've got a huge robot that can continuously keep making more holes. Wait, is Roger Smith a libertarian? What? (laughs) It's too early to tell. libertarian. He has this big destructive machine and he does whatever he wants and he's hoarding all this money and like nobody can like change his mind or tell him what to do and he's I, really- I think that's just what rich dudes are. I, 
Roger Smith might be a libertarian is all I'm saying. I do want to give big ups to whatever government or whatever body governs this this system in in the city they're living because it's very clear that this this rising robot happens all the time and just destroys roads very consistently on a day-to-day basis and that they're willing to keep up with that kind of thing and replace the roads and fix all of that. That takes a lot of work and dedication. I do really appreciate it, especially living in Michigan where every road is in construction all of the time. There's just one skyscraper full bottom to top with liquid asphalt and they just connect the hose. (laughs) He creates jobs. And that's really what the economy needs. Oh, he's a job creator. (laughs) That's right, baby. He's living the American dream. You're a corporation, Roger Smith. Uh Uh-oh, sisters, I hate Roger Smith now. (laughs) (laughs) I, I have to say, like... Again, I haven't seen this show before, so these were the first two episodes that I had seen, and it has me very excited to look at the rest of it, not only for the aesthetics and like the whole premise of the show, but the idea that there is so much space for them to examine and look at with everyone in this city seemingly having um, amnesia, like they don't remember what what happened beforehand, and that there is so much space to explore in the city where nobody knew what happened or or what could happen what is already there like these people seem to don't they seemingly don't know what is underneath their own city so that seems like it could raise some interesting things along uh along the timeline of this show yeah you know i i just realized like i'm sure this will be addressed later but as far as we know it's only this specific city that's affected and like what about the rest of the planet the world does yeah fucked outside of the domes but they could just be in like arizona or something yeah it's jersey coop and megas are the next megadeus we're gonna see like megadeus so can, can we talk about the name megadeus for a second yeah megadeus. i was curious about this <laughs> this is my robot super god <laughs> yeah it's I think the English VAs didn't catch the memo that it's Deus and not Deuce. Oh, that's way funnier. Yeah, so every time I hear it in the English dub, it's just, oh, it's giant number two. That's it. This is Mega Deuce. <laughs> oh, he's got to go back on now. We got to drop the Deuce underground. <laughs> oh, I was drinking my podcast water. Oh, no. Oh, no. I was drinking my podcast water with my podcast friend and his podcast joke, and I spat my podcast water all over my podcast computer. And as if you want to hear podcasts more, check on Wheeler's Bump for Anchor.fm. <laughs> uh, we're talking about making on making deuces. I Don't thanks Wheeler. Not maybe. I would like to point something out real quick. Deuces Wheeler. No, please go on. I'm fascinated. <laughs> So, the pilots are called Dominus. I'm sorry, they're, they're called Dominus what? of Mega Dominus. Dominus. Yeah, a lot of religious symbology here. It's like I if mean, Evangelion gave a shit. I was going <laughs> to say, I was, I was super curious if this was pulling a full Evangelion where it's just using these, these god metaphors just for the sake of aesthetics or if they meant anything by it. I mean, so far, there's more to it than surface level, because Evangelion was a bunch of angels and crosses, and this one, there's, like, 
you get into the judgment zone and it's a major mechanic. <laughs> I love you can't turn it on without being judged. That's the greatest shit in the world. Be not guilty. You gotta be, you gotta be really pure of soul and pure of heart, pilot. Listen, I, what are the thresholds on that? Because everyone's guilty of something, and like, if you ate a coworker's lunch, would that make you unable to pilot Big O? Or I is it more stuff like murder? I think the whole not guilty thing is has gone straight out the window, like right off the start, because we know Roger Smith is guilty of something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want to theorize that... It's judging you based on something specific. Like, it doesn't care about crimes. It maybe cares about, like, I don't want to say your soul. That's cornball. But it, it's it's reading your intentions. So so I, I'd like to point something out. Um, I've seen the series before. And as far as I'm aware, none of the pilots have ever fucked. So I, oh. maybe, maybe it deals with that. Maybe it's right. judging how pure you are. This, this main character gentleman keeps implying that he's he's like a ladies' man. He's never scored. You're a louse, Roger Smith. Yeah, but he's like, <laughs> oh, ladies Smith. hate me because I'm such a scamp. And they, I'm like... <laughs> they, they don't fuck him because they hate him. I think I misunderstood what louse meant. <laughs> I don't want to live in a world where Beck doesn't fuck. Well, Beck fucks, but Beck isn't a real pilot. He That's had to get into the fucking PlayStation VR. <laughs> That's true. Oh, oh! I just got told to stop playing with a fidget spinner because it shows up on mic. Sorry. Does it? I guess. You know, you gotta like minimize everything. That's what audacity will do for me. I I gotta say, I'm editing a podcast right now. I agree. <laughs> I should probably get to editing my podcast. So it's- I. I would like to bring something up. To you guys. Wheeler, I'm sorry I made your podcast so long. <laughs> Y'all talked for like a day. I know. So, uh, there, there's one thing I want to know. Where do you get a remote control suitcase that can fly back to you? Uh, <laughs> money. Like, money. I understand he's rich and everything and he has a giant robot. But first of all, it shouldn't be able to fly back. Second of all... Like, it punched a hole through a car roof without exploding immediately, which, I mean... Yeah, I think maybe it cost more than the money that was in it. Yeah, right? Like, that suitcase got to be worth more money than the actual money. And can it's we, bulletproof, too. Can we talk about the moment where he tells Dorothy to her face, I don't keep a lunchbox full of missiles, but his literal glove box in his car is full of missiles? That's Whoa. why he's he is a liar and a louse. We know that. That might be why she was mad at him, actually. Well, he did blow her up. Yeah. That that too. That too. But uh, glove box is not a lunchbox. I guess. But just because they're both boxes. Do Do we want to talk about the actual plot of the two episodes? Because it's it's really not super deep, but it is some interesting setup for what is happening within the city. Yeah, it is just setups. We within the first episode we see. This woman, Dorothy, again, I, I did show up a little bit late, but from what I can tell, I I caught most of it. When we meet this woman named Dorothy, who seems to be a robot, and she wants protection from Roger Smith. Uh, <laughs> protection by Robert, Roger oh. Smith. <laughs> Roger Smith is out to hunt Dorothy Wainwright. We know he is a terror. Again, I'm drunk. Anyway, um, so he has to defeat this big robot. Uh, that was Dorothy one, the initial Dorothy, this this uh, 
prototype Dorothy to lead to this next uh, version of who is apparently this man's daughter. And then in the next episode, there's a whole bar scene where she sings. And it all seems great up until, again, a uh, criminal group is is uh, in the mix. And then the whole heist tries to happen again. Roger Smith has to defeat the big giant robot again. Uh, this isn't a whole lot of setup, but it sort of it sort of shows the setting that we're in and the kind of uh, kind of tropes and the kind of people that we're dealing with within within the society. And the first two episodes are very good at establishing the kind of world where we're dealing with. During the second heist, there's a bit of world building that I'm totally enchanted by and can't stop thinking about. There's a big hole in Dorothy One's chest. And when we look through it, as Beck is piloting her, we can see this robot's spinal cord. And I just can't stop thinking about that. And it is really cool. Why are they like that? Mm-hmm. Could be pulling an Evangelion. I hope not. I didn't see any meat in there. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're not, they don't want to show us the meat yet. <laughs> the meat oh, is important for later. We gotta take them on a third date. If we pop open a leg, it's just like 7,000 pounds of ground beef. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. God. I mean, the robot does have lobster claws, so there might be some nice tender lobster meat inside. Oh, so old. the butter. <laughs> oh. All Roger needs to do is just, like, get, get the butter. Get the butter. Oh. Wait, but where are we going to get a biscuit that big? Oh. <laughs> Hold so, up, I think um, you eat lobsters in the line, dude. Is, is he robbing the same yeah. bank twice? I'm sorry. So they weren't robbing the bank of money. I thought that was a cool detail. <laughs> yeah, trying to get the prints. The the minting press plates for making dollar dollar bills, y'all. <laughs> but, like, no, is he actually trying to rob the same bank twice? Yeah. Because they really want those plates. I, I guess. You could go to another bank, though. Like, yeah, why are you returning was, to the scene of the first crime? I feel like this was, like, the treasury, because it was the the specific plates that make money, which uh, not every bank has. It's the first national bank of who the fucks knows, because we all forgot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Roger's money bed. That's what it is. It's Roger's house. <laughs> it's Roger's house. Is that house. why he was so mad? I know you did mention that I think you said he lives in a safe. I think he lives in a bank. <laughs> yeah, he lives in so a bank. it was his house. But they go back to his house unless, like, the bottom floor is just on fire all the time. Ah, <laughs> oh, the show's so I guess they figured that the police wouldn't be able to do nothing to stop them because they uh, have a giant robot. The police are useless in this, and, like, Colonel Dotson can't even do normal things. Like, he tried to move Dorothy, and she just scraped on the ground. Like... <laughs> I did love how she just, like, it's like moving one of the mannequins at work. It just, it's just disconcerting. <laughs> oh, speaking about kind of like the plot direction of the second episode and, and her being scraped off the ground. Um, so the thing she was doing when she was raising her arms, as far as I'm aware, was communicating with Dorothy. Uh, yeah. That, if you remember, she was attached behind the faceplate of Dorothy One. Oh, yeah. It was knocked off. Yeah, uh, and she was in like a Jesus Christ pose, which there, there you go, more religious symbolism. So, you know. yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely curious, curious about that. Like these, these first two episodes seem to be interesting in a way that, like, they don't, they do a lot of what I appreciate about uh, 
a lot of sort of obscure media where they set up a lot of systems and a lot of ideas behind the scenes that exist and you know about, but they don't seem super attached to the idea that you need to learn about them immediately. And they're willing to let you, you know, bring you on and continue uh, forward without telling you exactly what is happening. So I like the, I like the idea that this story and that this background and city will develop as you continue to go along with the show. It, it yeah, seems like, like they hint. They have a lot of trust in the viewers with this show. I feel. Yeah, they're kind and of that, letting us take the hint. Yeah, and that's something I really appreciate about it because the whole theme of the show, really at its core, is like mystery, right? And so they're sprinkling things in here, there, here, there for you to constantly question and take in without ever directly just giving you an exposition dump. The exposition dumps are hidden in wordy, weird monologues by Roger Smith. They're so weird. Who I could very well picture, I don't know how many people know who Garth Marenghi is, but I could very well picture him doing these monologues. I know he had a creepy Adult Swim show. (laughs) Yeah. He started each one with like a really poorly, poorly written monologue. And so I could only imagine him reading it in his weird creepy voice i don't want to miss any insights here so i want to take this chance if anyone's felt like they've been a little more quiet to kind of dive in give us a few minutes of your thoughts bring us somewhere new i don't think we've mentioned this at all about roger (laughs) that he is the negotiator oh yeah he Uh, does have a job huh (laughs) right he does have a job yeah, he's got a job like that, but he also has a giant robot, and I'm really, like, confused. It's almost like they uh, they just kind of tacked on the negotiator title to the anime without actually developing on it. A man's got to eat. It's like, well, I mean, if, he's got a giant, he's very clearly super rich, and he's got a giant robot. If he stole, he would be guilty, and he couldn't drive the robot. I am not <laughs> saying true. that is stealing with the robot or he should use the robot to steal. I'm just saying he has inherent physical assets that if need be he could liquidate. He lives in a bank. (laughs) We've already cleared the fact that he lives on a pile of money and that's where he sleeps. Yeah. But as far as I remember he only negotiates once. Say again please. As far as I can remember, he only negotiates once in the whole anime. Uh, That's as far as I can remember. So far. Yeah. If I recall, the negotiating is usually a setup for eventual shenanigans and usually always gets dropped. I'm looking forward to it. But I don't remember how accurate that is. But from what I can recall and from what the first two episodes have shown me, they usually use it as this is how he finds these weird people to get into shenanigans with. It's like the excuse of setting up things. I really just want to get Roger Smith and Kyle Hyde and Francis York Morgan in a room and just have them deal with each other. Make them fight to the death. <laughs> Make them all eat the sinner sandwich. Crisco Twister. Big O. Big O yeah. in the <laughs> coffee. Thank you. <laughs> Francis York Morgan. That's called a cup. <laughs> you know, we haven't talked about the name of this show because I grew up watching this when it was airing and my mom would walk in and hear Big O Showtime or see the name, and she thought it was code for, like, orgasm. Yeah, my oh, mom's like that. <laughs> She's like, oh, they're busting nuts in those robots, huh? I was like, no. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure someone is. You could be so lucky. I mean, that is a spacious cockpit. <laughs> <laughs> 
Please don't fuck in the robot. I know we all have am- amnesia, but I'm pretty sure that's not what they're for. Who's <laughs> this can't be? Cockpit. Dorothy being her her lines are like minimal like she doesn't say a sentence longer than like 12 words but every single one is perfect yeah like the fair, title of this podcast the reason the reason Go why ahead. they're so perfect is because they're usually a dig at Roger uh, yeah she just likes roasting him constantly i love bullying roger i can relate the new turn test just robot sass <laughs> it's a it's a good space for a robot to to partake in I know we briefly mentioned it, but uh, something I do want to bring up is the soundtrack is just really good. Oh, yeah, it is. It's oh, the yeah. best. It absolutely it's... is so goddamn smooth, like Roger. I get I get the feeling of, like, I, when I hear that music, I see the silhouette of a man holding a trumpet, and there's, like, a carton of cigarettes coming out of the trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> He's and and plus, while well, also smoking the cigarettes. And plus, while we're here, like it, it feels worth mentioning that, like for a very long time, I didn't watch this show. Uh, like this is the first uh, extended period for for which I've actually watched it and paid attention for a full episode. This show feels so stylized and like specific in the way that it looks that I would not have expected it to be to come out of uh, earlier decades. Like, I, I feel like this kind of thing could be produced now and feel like a period piece and feel just as good as before. Late 90s anime, was it? Mm-hmm. They really like their gothic architecture in Big O. You know, I like how goth Dorothy looks. She really is. I'm gonna say, her her eye makeup is very on point. Now, is that makeup or is the robot tired? Well, I thought the robot being tired. She is clearly very tired, but I mean, look at the company she has to keep. (laughs) That's that's entirely valid. Uh, Headband CD player, though. That's a very cute touch. I love that. It's so so much. It actually, uh, it's not like a big spoiler, but it is something you'll see at least one more time. It's such a nice little thing that they do. We've touched on almost every character, but we've neglected someone. The uh, actually, yes. Uh, I was going to say, man. we haven't mentioned Yellow Lupin the Third, and we haven't mentioned Norman the Butler. Who do you want to go for first? Well, Tell me about the bad man. Earlier. <clears throat> someone just drew Lupin the Third and dipped him in mustard, and that's back. Like that's- oh no! Really like- and it's good. It's really, excellent. Really enjoyed the animation when he was manually piloting Dorothy One. Yeah, it was very, very fluid, very fun, very good. And he did not stay on model at all. So I, for a second there, had trouble figuring out who the fuck that was. I don't want to backtrack too much, but the soundtrack with relation to him going nuts. They they have comedy like music in this anime. Like in the closing scene, someone's honking on a trombone because Dorothy's gonna make a joke, and I feel like I feel like that brings something to the anime that I don't see in anime anymore. Especially because I watch a lot of JoJo. Plus, it doesn't feel out of place. It's still in keeping with the rest of the vibe of that show, but yeah. it's still a very clear comedic departure from the rest of it. It's time for us to tell some jokes. Our cartoons got those. Oh, Jen just brought up the best scene in episode two, and I'm just going to let someone else read that and say it, because it's so good. 
I like the part where they opened the van door, saw Big O, then closed them back up. <laughs> that, 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 part, that, that part was so excellent. Like, they just see the big old eye, the, you know, they see the big O, and they just fucking close the door and pretend they never saw it, and they try to take <laughs> off. And, and it, feels so, it feels so important that in this portion, they show Big O holding this, this vehicle, this van that they're stationed in, and it does exactly the same thing that it does when it does a big punch and blows a hole through a thing. And at this point, I assumed that these these opponents were dead and gone. Uh, but it, it seems that one of Big O's other abilities is to throw ropes at people. <laughs> I, I was convinced when I saw it. I was like, that is maybe 280 pounds of raspberry jam in that van now. But uh, <laughs> they made it. They're covered in extension cords. Gotta put the fear of God into them somehow. <laughs> Oh, wait, was it supposed to be, what, what, were we supposed to take from that, that Big O was the one that did that, that stuff with the cables? No, yeah, I, I, I figure Big O just kind of knocked a bunch of things loose. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. I, I, I like that it's, it's one of those shows where it's like, we're going to put the bad guys in jail and we're not going to do the Batman murders, uh. I, I've, Batman well, Batman as we know it doesn't murder, but they stopped making him not murder in recent years. Oh, right. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, apparently. According to the recent news. Uh, Big Ho, directed by Zack Snyder. He just steps on everyone. <laughs> Finally, oh. Big O will kill. Good anime 10 out of 10. There's smooth jazz and, like, squishing noises. Uh, <laughs> no. That really is a Big O. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> it's a big oof. <laughs> oh god. All those squishing noises are just cartoon squishing noises. So uh so I catch Alfred, huh? Ah, uh, Norman's real good. We we don't get to see too much of him he's so far. Always but he's making really dinner. Good. He's always, always making dinner. He's never not making dinner. Roger only eats once a day. I think that tracks with Alfred in the Batman anime where he only ever made lobster. Is that that's right, right? That tracks, Jesus. right? What was Bruce Wayne a pescatarian? Uh yeah. I remember hearing about this in another podcast that practically everybody in Gotham just eats fucking lobster all the time. I mean, if you were that rich, why wouldn't you? No, no, no. Everybody ain't Gotham. Not just Batman. I mean, Bruce Wayne. Gotham. Well, now that they've killed Dorothy 1, everyone in Paradigm City can just eat lobster too. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they set us up. The plot is there for every detail. I'm sorry right now. Jesus. You guys are horrible. We're gonna die. Are we forgetting anyone or anything? Because I I, I love this show. I like to have my head space, be surrounded by this show. There is a character we haven't talked about. Ooh. Briefly, he will be a reoccurring character. Do you remember the guy Roger talks to at the bar to get the information with the glasses in the newspaper? Is he wearing a yarmulke? I don't know, now that you mention it. I don't think I've ever seen a Jewish guy in anime, but that's really cool if it is. Yeah, um, yeah, so he pops up, and he's the dude that gets Roger his quote-unquote jobs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a constant, like, feature throughout the whole thing, but, like, even now, like, trying to think back of it, I'm like, who is he? I don't even know if they ever say his name. He's just a dude that Roger goes to. It's just a fun he informant. Is, in fact, a Jewish character in anime. Hey! Oh. Ah. Representation, kids, back in 1999. 
big old doing it for the rest of us. Big old ran, so every other Wait, anime really? can walk. We have big new information from Jen. His name is Big Ear. Incredible. <laughs> well, Wait, I am looking at a picture of him right now, and I can tell you... He has a single big ear! He does have big ears. Hold on. I actually, hold on. I've never... Big ear? You are uh, totally right. The whole podcast is going to Google. This is great radio. <laughs> I refuse to go to Google. Oh, he, he's got fucking iPod earbuds in. Before iPods <laughs> oh no, he can't give us information. He's got AirPods in. He's doing the high school thing where he's got his phone in his pocket and it's like laced through his jacket so you can't see it so he won't get in trouble in class. <laughs> oh god, Big Ear has AirPods in. He can't hear us. <laughs> That's what the newspaper's for. It's to cover up his phone and texting. He's always <laughs> holding a newspaper. I, I, I am super excited to see more of this show. Like this... The the whole setup is very interesting, and while some of this seems silly, especially with uh, this blonde Lupin character, and some of the the setup and just the entirety of what the um, I, I I mean the entirety of what the setup is has me really excited and interested for where this story is going. It's implied, and Jen just brought this up for us. It's implied that Roger has a military slash police past. Uh, he's no longer a cop, so he's ended his bastard ways, but. What can we expect out of an ex-cop libertarian with a giant weapon of mass destruction? Nothing good. Nothing good. He's a louse. <laughs> what do you say, gang? Are we ready to wrap it? Any final thoughts? Uh, there is yeah. one thing. The animation style, I don't know if anyone else knows this, but I get very strong, like, Cyborg 009 vibes, especially I with the giant buttons. Yeah. I can see it, yeah. When he uh, runs wearing his, like, black jackets... He looks like his chest is like smooth and barrel shaped, and he has those buttons on. I know exactly what you mean. Like it has this very vintage feeling, but it's clearly like a more modern anime, just by the way it's Everyone's animated. Very lanky. Which yes. is my favorite thing about Lupin the Third. I love my leggy anime characters. Yeah, it, it definitely shares a lot of inspirations from older anime in terms of uh, character design, which I find really interesting, especially for the era that it came out. But... <gasps> oh. We almost missed the best scene in the whole show, but Jen is here to save us. Does everyone remember this? It's incredibly good, where she just starts sprinting. She's like, oh, I need to be a distraction, so I'll run as fast as I can. She just her, loses it. Yeah. Her yeah. Life really just she got, guns she got, it. She got stuck being the person to draw fire, because Roger Smith is a louse. She gets Sonic the Hedgehog blur on her legs, like they're running at a worse frame rate than the rest of the show. <laughs> Uh, I lost my shit looking at that because I'm like, she's having a normal one right now, isn't she? Uh, she knows exactly what she's doing, and she's very good. I like she's so powerful. She's on scaffolding that's collapsing behind her as she's running. Is and she doing math in her head? I'm sorry to interrupt, but she falls from that scaffolding and just raises her arm, <laughs> and she knows exactly where she's going to catch something, and... I can't tell if she's, like, playing four-dimensional chess or if she just doesn't care. I always figure Dorothy is, at any given moment, playing four-dimensional chess. She's playing seven-dimensional chess. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, part of that seventh... In the sixth dimension is where she comes up with the with the roasts for Roger Smith. The seventh dimension <laughs> is where she comes up with the ways to be fucking awesome. She's got a lot going on. Yeah. I'm a fan of all of it. What did she say at the end of, like, the second episode? She's like, 
Only a bitch would wear this, Roger Smith. <laughs> Roger Smith, your fashion. Oh, she calls sucks. out. Yeah, he, he. She calls out his terrible taste in fashion. But she does. It's like, all right, this is ridiculous, but sure. Roger Smith, you cannot she, just wear black on black on black on black. She on was black. already wearing black. No, when she, she was wearing black comic. when she got broad head. Right. She had a green a green dress before, I think. Oh yeah. Dress, and then she wore a fancy red dress, and then the butler dressed her up in a black dress. It was like the darkest burgundy on earth. Like if the light hits it, you can see red, but it was black. Which is a very, very good art-wise note. I appreciate that. The end message. Yeah, we have come to terms. We should probably say that at the end of our podcast, or like Space Cowboy or something. That's a very good idea. Space Cowboy, because that's not the right show. I don't know. It's blue. If you close your eyes, it's just season three. <laughs> there's, there's one Space small Space detail Android. Thank I wanted to bring back. Shin is just silently piloting the podcast, and it's beautiful. See you, Space Android is exactly what it is. We knows exactly are Mega Deuce, and she and Jin is Roger Smith. <laughs> you're allowed, Jin. No! Jin, you're not allowed, so I love you. Jin, you're a good person. We love you. Don't listen okay. to We do love you. You're our silent guardian steering our podcasts. We're going to link this in the description because it's a very good image. Oh, that goes in the show notes for sure. Oh my Y'all, God. We can't, y'all, we can't top this one. We, we need to end this. Okay. Yeah, I, I just want to point out one very minute detail that I don't think anyone really noticed. When okay. he gets in the robot and he boots everything up, the buttons yeah. are typewriter keys. Yeah, I saw that. I I just really like that. And I like how he punches by sliding his arm along a handle that has a huge rail for it. He controls the legs with a gas pedal. It's the smartest cockpit in the yeah. world. I love it. <laughs> very good. All good points. Before we, before we wrap up, I want to read out Roger's rules. Oh, do you have all three of them? <laughs> the, the ones from I'll just read the ones from the episode we watched because there's a a few listed. First one, I have a special house rule that only lovely young women can unconditionally enter this mansion. Great, thanks, Roger. <laughs> Boy, nobody How does he get clients other than going to that one guy because apparently people show up to his door. They just show up to the door. They don't go inside. <laughs> well, they don't have cell phones. He it's like a vampire pizza, situation. But he's got to meet them at the door. So rule one: hot girls only. Okay, and rule two: if you stay in my house and you wear black, hot goth girls only. <laughs> Understandable. He has an aesthetic to keep up. These are weird rules. And those are the only two so far. So far. We're probably going to get even stranger, more ridiculous rules in the future. So if Norman locks himself out, is he not allowed back in? <laughs> probably not. He's not allowed back in. Uh, okay. Well, uh, I want to thank all y'all for joining me in this. I'm going to look forward to seeing you next Thursday for another sesh. Um, I already asked for Sagan. Thanks for having us, Moxie. Oh, I'm yep. so happy that you're all here. I've been wanting to do a podcast for like two years. And then I was like, let's do this easy one. And everyone's like, yeah, let's do this easy one. Uh, and we watch a big robot. We talk. And there's, gladly. 
There's nothing easier than watching a robot beat ass for 22 minutes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So until next Thursday, you're Laos, Roger Smith. See you, space android. See you, space android. Goodbye. Android. Bye. We Bye. have come to terms. How do I turn off? You Thank make- you, Craig. Thank you, Craig. Yeah, thank, thank you, Craig. Thank you, Craig. Craig. Bye.